Welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast. My guest today is Yvonne Duffy O'Shaughnessy, better known as the health and nutrition coach. The natural health specialist as seen on the Today Show with Maura and Dahi, RSVP Live and RSVP Magazine. Also a wife and mother, Yvonne understands the mind-body approach to achieve full health potential. Yvonne, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Yvonne, we were having a little chat just before we came on and there's loads of things that we can talk about because you are an amazing lady and have so much to offer. So one of your philosophies is don't eat less, eat right. And your Mm. passion is education and information and guiding others to strategic eating. That's not dieting without counting calories. And when you know better, you feel better. So that is a huge subject. And I know for many people, including myself, over lockdown, people seem to put on what they're calling now the COVID pounds. Mm -hmm. And in particular, I suppose men and women of certain ages are finding it harder to lose weight. And we'll go into maybe again, you know, what that means for those people in particular. But I love the fact that you say, you know, that it's you're guiding others to strategic eating and not dieting because Mm -hmm. there's a whole fad of diets out there Yvonne as we all know and people have tried them and they've worked and then they fail and their weight goes back up again and they try a different diet but what way can they regulate their eating and eating right and not eating less yeah so I suppose it's so different for everybody because everybody has a different approach to food so it's really like on an individual basis for me when I see somebody like what their relationship is with food sometimes it's it's emotional and it is for a lot of people but um we kind of have conditioned ourselves to think that if we eat less we lose weight faster and then we'll increase exercise and we lose weight even quicker and while for many people that might have been a little trick that they, they might have used when they were younger, once you kind of hit the 40s and over, those little tricks don't seem to be working as much as they did in the past for people. So then they try more extreme where they fast for longer, they exercise for longer, and it, they're just sabotaging their body all of the time. So they they don't, it's not like they they eat less, but they eat the wrong foods as well so it's a combination of so many things and then they might do it for two to three days and they think okay this hasn't worked um right I'm going to try something else but once we go over the 40s our metabolism does slow down a little bit so what you did in your 20s might work you might see it working after two to three days now you have to wait two to three weeks to see your result and I think that's where everything kind of falls down for people where they see, say, I just can't, I, this is not working for me because they haven't stayed the length with it. They haven't, you know, done it for long enough to see that it will work. But if they do the eat, eating less and exercising excessively, it seldom works long-term because it's not something that we can emotionally or mentally take because, you know, we need fuel to not only fuel our bodies, but to fuel our mind as well. And um, you often see people doing that for two to three weeks or, you know, maybe a little bit longer, but they never stay at it long term because it's extreme, extreme dieting or the keto diet or the high protein diet or low carb diets or 
it's just like there's so many diets out there and they seldom work long term. They might work initially, as you said, but long time, long term, there just does, is no longevity in it for people because they're just not able to stick to it. Mm. So eating a balanced diet and like people just can't seem to get it into their minds that if they eat a balanced diet, you will lose weight. They think you have to do the extreme, you know, mm. it's like, right, the diet starting on Monday and like the extremes, you know, no chocolate, no, none of their treats that they would have. They just abstain from everything. Whereas I try to coach people to say, you know, from Monday to Friday, try and eat healthily. And then Saturday and Sunday, allow yourself to have a treat on Saturday and a treat on Sunday. Don't like abstain from everything, because in a couple of weeks time, you're going to crave it so much that you're just going to have a big blowout and then go on a binge. Yes. And then your sugars, your blood sugar levels are going to rocket high. And then it's going to induce more overeating of sugary food. So it's just everything in moderation, little and often. Yes. And trying to get that mind frame is, is it's just, it's difficult for a lot of people because they've done the yo-yo dieting for so long. Yes. And when you talk about a balanced diet, so what would that, like, I know what a balanced diet is, but for people that are listening and say, well, I eat a balanced diet, but I can't seem to lose the weight now, you know, that I am over 40. And as you said, our body does change and our metabolism change as well, but there could be other factors going on as well. And you do um, food intolerance testing. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I know that say, even for my example, my mother, there was times I always remember her years ago saying, you know, oh, every time I eat bread, you know, I have indigestion. And I used to say, well, stop eating it. But it was one of those that it was always there. It was always in the house, but it was the wrong type of bread she was eating. So mostly mm-hmm. now it's gluten free bread that she has to eat. And that is works better for her system. And I think for a lot of people that they're not sure about what they're putting into their body. And that would be the first place to start really, Yvonne, I feel, is maybe finding out what foods suit you and what doesn't suit you. Yeah, for sure. Um, like when I see people that come to the clinic and they they have tried everything to lose weight, absolutely everything. They've gone and they've done the gym, they've done different type of programs, they've done every slimming class that you can possibly think of, and they still can't lose weight. And it can be a combination of things. It might be hormones combined with something that they're eating in their diet. And that's something that they're eating in their diet might be as simple as the bread, like you said, or it might be apples or it could be cabbage or it might be beef or it might be something that's slowing down their metabolism. So usually it's a number of foods um, and it's an up to 16 foods or that I would see most commonly in the clinic. And once we remove those foods from the body and from the diet, it gives the body that amazing opportunity to rebalance itself so the metabolism gets the opportunity to rebalance and to boost itself and then people start to see the weight loss now it's not a diet in any way it's a food swap so we're taking out the food that the body is not able to digest well and we're swapping it with foods that the body is able to break down utilize extract all the nutrients from and get the most out of And then that has a great benefit to the metabolism because it's not slowing it down. It's actually boosting it up. So in turn, the bonus is that they lose weight. Mm, Very good. And Yvonne, just going back to something there, you mentioned that it could be cabbage or, you know, apples. And people would think, but sure, they're good foods. That's fruit and veg. 
But I know even from a friend of mine and she did a food intolerance test years ago and she could, one of the things she couldn't eat was carrots. And I was amazed because, again, we were brought up with carrots, parsnips, cabbage, all of those things. And I was shocked. But her metabolism couldn't break down carrots. So mm-hmm. it was one. And people are surprised by that because they think if they're eating loads of vegetables or you know, protein or in meats and all of those things that they're doing okay. They mightn't be eating chocolate or biscuits. So what's wrong? But as you said, it may not just suit their body type. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like people say, well, cabbage is good for me. And but then when they eat it, they feel terrible Mm -hmm. and they they keep eating it because they think, well, it's good for me. So I should eat it. It's got plenty of iron and loads of fiber in it. But if you're not able to digest it and break it down it sends a message the digestive system sends a message to the immune system and vice versa and it takes so long to break down that piece of food even though it might be a healthy piece of food that it has to send a message to the metabolism in turn to say slow down for a minute or for a little while because we have to figure out what's in the digestive system here we have to try to um, get it through the body without it damaging the stomach or the intestines in some way. And then it produces an awful lot of mucus when there is a food intolerance as well. So the metabolism is kind of um, slowed down because the digestive system is also slowed down. So the process of um, extracting the energy from the food is not as quick as it was if the body recognized the food and was able to break it down. So it has to slow down the metabolism because it just won't have the energy to give it because the food is not going to be broken down as quickly as if it was a food that the body could digest properly. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does, yes. And I think that's for, for all of us, we have to get that into our head. You know, and that's something that should be repeated over and over again to people, you know, so because a lot of people feel, I suppose, that they believe they're eating the right foods and they're eating healthy enough, but it's still not helping them. And they may have the indigestion or they Mm -hmm. may not be losing weight, but maybe it's not the right foods. Now, the food intolerance testing is very easy. Can you explain to people what that is and how they can go about it? The easiest way at the moment is to do it online because the clinic is full until the middle of July now. So um, they can order a kit, a testing kit online, and it's just a little pinprick from the top of their finger. They put a few drops of blood into a test tube and they send that test tube back to us. And then we test it and we email the results on with it. And with so they to be a list of foods that they... Yeah, so, yeah. It'll be categorized into sections from level one up to five. So anything that comes back level three, four and five on the test kit, then they have to avoid those foods and they'll all be categorized and listed. And then they will get meal plans that will help them to start their new way of eating. And I need to say again that it's not a diet. It's a food swap. So when I send the meal plans, I give 10 options for their breakfast, 10 for lunch, 10 for dinner a list of snacks and I always give a list of treats because it's really important to have those treats because if we don't have them it becomes like starvation or deprivation and it's miserable and oh how long am I going to stick this and you stick it a month and then you're like oh forget it I hate this I can't have anything that I like so when we get the treats in there at least you know okay Saturday and Sunday are my treat days I'm looking forward to it yeah And you're going to enjoy it. Whereas sometimes people are just eating biscuits mindlessly. 
just eating them because, you know, they're in the staff room or because it's 11 o'clock or because it's after their dinner or whatever the case might be. They mightn't even want it. They just do it because it's a habit. So it's trying to make you mindful as well about like, do you need to have that biscuit right now? Do you need to eat that bar of chocolate? Are you just doing it because it's a habit or are you actually craving it? And if you're craving it, why are you craving it? Maybe your blood sugar levels are imbalanced. Maybe you're not sleeping right. Maybe you're low in magnesium. All of these things contribute to sugar cravings. So it's important that we get to the bottom of those things as well. So if somebody wants to delve deeper into their health, if they think, right, I have a food intolerance, I'm definitely intolerant to something, I'm bloated all the time, I've acid reflux, I've heartburn, constipation, diarrhea, all the digestive issues, and they know something I'm eating, but I can't identify what it is. The food intolerance test will work very well for that. If there's additional things that they want to address, like um, hormonal issues, lack of energy, um, skin rashes, anything like that, that they can't get to the bottom of with the food intolerance test, then the iridology is the add-on. And that's where we can delve deeper into the body to see or ascertain what it is that's going on in the body that we need to correct. Do we need to address the liver, the kidneys? Is there a vitamin or a mineral that's um, getting used up quite quickly in the body and we need to replace it or we need more of it in the diet or whatever the case might be? So you can do them separately or you can do them together and they're both online. Very good. That's brilliant. And I absolutely love iridology. I love the study of the eye and watching you on the Today Show with Maura and Dahi. And I know yeah. that you did Dahi and he was absolutely amazed. A little bit sceptical, wasn't he? At yes. the start. And what's was, this out was... thing looking into my eye and telling me what my body is about? <laughs> it was funny. Like, it was so funny because when I got there to the studio, he said, you know, he was slagging me saying, oh, you're going to look into my eyes today now, you know. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm so excited. And then he was really skeptical about it, you know, and I looked into his eyes and I said, God, have you an issue with your shoulder, your right shoulder? And he said, oh, for ip's sake, I can't believe it. He said, you're some kind of witch or something. <laughs> doesn't even know that about me he said I can't even lift my hand his hand up over his past his ear yeah. his his shoulder was so bad and even it affected his sleep and everything like that so it was funny like because we really got into it then after yeah. that you know and yeah. it was great it was a great experience yeah and it was amazing and I think it might have been the first time that people were aware of it or they understood yeah. what it was about so mm. I, maybe if they didn't see that program but if you want to explain it's basically the study of the iris so the colored part of the eye mm-hmm. but there's so many things about it that fascinates me so different color eyes indicate different systems within the body is that right yeah, yeah. and that you can also tell by you know people have different um colors in their irises Mm -hmm. and they yeah I mean the eye is amazing and it's so beautiful and it's this it could be like a painting you know but you looking into it can tell so much from it so if you could explain a little bit more about I suppose the process of again this can be done online or someone can come Mm -hmm. in person and even if they send you a photograph of their eye what Mm -hmm. you look at then and maybe what the different color eyes indicate and then we'll go on from there 
Yeah. So we when I do it online, it's literally you just take a picture of your iris and you email that to us or you can um, WhatsApp it to us. It depends on how um, well up on technology you are, but it's very easy process. In the clinic, I examine the eye with magnifying um, glass and light and everything like that. So it's an assessment of the iris. And basically the eye, the map of the body is on the eye. So it was um, first discovered by um, a German uh, consultant, surgeon actually. And um, he noticed that when people had surgery afterwards, they started to get these little markings on their eye. And he started to develop a map in relation to the hand and the leg and so on and so forth, the parts of the bodies that were surgically operated on. And they started to correspond um, with the other patients who had similar surgery. So he developed the map. So the map goes from 12 o'clock on a clock all the way around and you've got all the various organs mapped out on the body. So then we have different markings. So you can have pigments or lacunas or rare fractions or radii solaris, and they won't mean anything to anybody, but what they mean me is that there might be toxicity building up in an organ there what might be a weak blood supply to the organ a weak nerve supply stress in the organ a hormone imbalance um, a deficiency um, a need for a vitamin or a mineral and then the personality types as well you can see in the iris as well depending on what way the fibers are laid down so sometimes the fibers will look like combed hair so they're really really tight and and they look like they're tiny little strings all together and that's called a neurogenic and then you'll have other types and the inside of the iris looks like a flower and that's called a polyglandular so there's five different types and then depending on those types that gives me lots of information about that person like a neurogenic is more neuro neurological the brain so their nervous system um, would be something that we would need to focus on um so they are they would have a very high need for magnesium and b vitamins in their diet um they might get stressed quite easily or overwhelmed easily so it's really important that we um teach them how to cope with stress deal with stress how the body deals with stress as well so we'd be looking at the adrenal gland and supporting that so the body doesn't get you know burnt out and um, then with the polyglandular that's usually somebody who would be prone to um, hormonal issues so then we look at the gland that might need the most attention it could be the thyroid it might be the pancreas it might be the adrenal gland and then we treat that through diet and supplementation, superfoods, herbal medicine, whatever it takes to get it where it needs to be. Wow. It's yeah. fascinating, isn't it? It is. I love doing it. Yes. And everybody's eye is different. Oh, yeah. It's like our fingerprint. You know, nobody's iris is the same. Even for twins, identical twins, their irises can be, they are, not they can be, they are completely different. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. And even the study of it and looking at it and being able to identify. And you know what? I think that is amazing for people to realize because when you have a map of the body there for somebody that's trained to see what's going on, because a lot of times people go to the doctor and they have different issues, but there's, they can't find a physical thing. You know, mm -hmm. they're not going in depth like you are with the eye to see, well, this organ is, you know, stressed. 
or your adrenal glands or you know this even with Dahi's shoulder you know yeah that, mm-hmm. you know it's just amazing so for me it's nearly like you can get you can find out so much information from mm-hmm. just somebody like you studying their eye and telling them and it could be something that they have been worried about or stressing about for years not understanding what was wrong with them if you like yeah exactly yeah yeah for sure it's just incredible the in-depth information that it'll give you know it's it really yeah amazing and you talked about also their um, hormonal imbalance, you know, so again, we'll come back maybe to, and again, it doesn't happen to just women in their over 40s. I know many people have gone through um, the menopause in their 20s and 30s, but again, we'll say for the average woman, it is probably in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And I had a few questions from people when they knew I was going to be speaking with you because it's a huge issue and it's out in the media more and more. People are speaking about it. Whereas mm-hmm. I think years ago, it was a kind of, again, a taboo subject. And don't yeah, I know. And, you know Absolutely. It's extremely hard because everyone mm-hmm. goes through it at some point yeah. in their life. But so the, one of the questions was, um, how do we know that we are going through the menopause? Okay. Well, first of all, in your early 40s, you are even late 40s. It's so different for everybody. But the first things that you will notice is um, that your period will start to get, get less regular. There might be big gaps of maybe six months or a year, or sometimes they might get extremely heavy and then they'll taper off and they'll disappear for a couple of months and then they'll come back in a few months time and they might be really light then. And then they might go again for six months. It's so different for everybody. But um, the period becoming irregular or becoming extremely heavy or very light or especially you'll notice more PMT symptoms before you get your period as well. So that's usually around the week before your period. For some women, it can be two weeks, unfortunately, because they suffer more with PMT symptoms. So PMT is premenstrual tension or PMS, premenstrual stress. And um, that can happen anything, as I said, from one to two weeks before the period. And that can be symptoms that may vary from chronic migraine, breast tenderness, Um, chronic cramping, extreme heavy periods, chronic fatigue, chronic mood um, changes or mood swings, irritability, very emotional. There's, it can be so varied and so different. And a lot of women will notice that, you know, they used to have none of these issues before their forties. And then it started to get a little bit worse in their forties and then it got progressively worse and now it's chronic because they just thought oh it might just get better because the period is happening less often but when it did come then it was chronically bad Mm. and for some people they just continue having regular periods but they're extreme periods they're extremely heavy and the PMT is chronic as well so now you can have a blood test done at your uh, GPs to determine whether you're in the menopause or not um, and they will be able to give you that information through the blood test. Um, but symptoms you will notice yourself are just the ones that I have mentioned prior. Um, and there's really absolutely no need for women to suffer with PMT, PMS or the menopause because there is so much that you can do um, with your diet. There's so many different types of herbs and different types of supplements that you can take that ease the pressure on the body. So when we go through um, 
perimenopause. That's when the body is kind of deciding that it's it's reducing down its estrogen level, but um, not as drastic as if it was when you're in the menopause. So when you're in the menopause, the menopause or the estrogen level is really has reduced. And then the body misses it quite a bit. And that has a huge impact on your bones as well, because low estrogen levels um, mean that calcium is not being uptaken properly in the blood. So bones can get quite weak as well. Hence the link with osteoporosis mm. during the menopause as well. But for um, women going through the menopause, the main symptoms that they would have are hot flushes, night sweats, and the night sweats can be absolutely chronically bad. Like I have some clients who would literally have to get up twice a night and change because they're drowned in sweat. Um, even their hair is wet. They would have to take out the hair dryer and dry their hair just to be able to get back to sleep and um, maybe even change the bed sheets or they might have to put towels in underneath them before they go to bed because they will just they know that they're going to wake up in a sweat. And they have done amazingly well by changing their diet and by taking certain supplements and herbs and things like that. The number one supplement that every woman I think should be taking is magnesium. Mm -hmm because we need it for so many reasons. And all of this week, um, you will see on my Instagram and Facebook, I've been talking about magnesium, especially for women, because it's just so, so important. It helps us to metabolize estrogen. So it helps us to cleanse our liver. And if we cleanse our liver well, that has a huge impact on our hormones because we metabolize estrogen twice in our liver and once in our bowel. So if the liver is working really well, then our hormones will have less of an impact on us. So the magnesium is really good at doing that metabolization, which is really important. It also helps us to um, relax. It helps us to release GABA and GABA is a neurotransmitter. So the neurotransmitters that we have are serotonin. We'll be familiar with that one, which is our happy hormone, GABA, acetylcholine, dopamine, and they all help us to feel more relaxed. But magnesium is and GABA are the two that go together. So GABA is, um, helps us feel more calm. It's especially good for anybody who can't sleep through the menopause. So the recommended daily amount is 400 milligrams for women, and that would need to be taken before bed. And you can stay on it long-term, as long as you're not on any medication, might I add, I'm thinking about somebody now who's not on any medication. So if you are on any medication whatsoever, it doesn't matter what type of medication it is. You might think, oh, it wouldn't interfere with that. But you have to check. It's really, really important. Just ask your pharmacist before you buy it in your pharmacy. Is this OK with my medication? It's really important to ask that question. Um, so magnesium, 400 milligrams for women, 500 milligrams for men, and you would ideally, you would take it before bed. That helps to release that um, neurotransmitter, which is called GABA, and that helps us to relax and that helps us to sleep. And then another amazing herb is Agnes Castus. I've talked about that a lot on my blog and on my um, social media pages, but it's not for everybody. 
So you can't take it if you have the coil, the bar, the patch, the ring, anything like that, because it does interfere with the absorption of it. Um, but for somebody who doesn't have those, then it's really, really beneficial to um, balancing hormones. But again, don't just take it and not seek advice. Always get advice to make sure that it's suitable for you. It's not always suitable if there's a history of breast cancers and things like that. So just, you know, don't rush off to the health food shop and buy it. Ask for advice first. Mm. Um, for somebody who might be on the coil or the pill or the patch or the bar or things like that, then we need to look at balancing the body through food and through supplements because a lot of the time we can't give herbs because they interfere with the absorption of the hormones from all of those contraceptives. So we need to leave those alone because they're doing the job that those women want them to do. So we don't want to interfere with that. So we want to um, add in the supplements instead and the supplements will uh not interfere with those <laughs> i'm smiling to yvonne we don't want to interfere with the contraceptives there'd be many people coming back on yvonne told me to take that now i'm expecting <laughs> <laughs> yeah so just that's why it's so important uh, on my consultation form it i have a little section that says are you on any medication if so please list them they never list the pill they never list the coil. They the don't bar, see it as a medication. Brain. Yeah. And it's it's a huge medication. Yeah. So it's really important that we pay attention to that medication because if we override it, then we might have a situation that we, you know, might not have expected. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And can so I ask really you, important. Yvonne, about um, say somebody is on the marina coil, for instance. And they're still experienced, you know, they're not experiencing a, a cycle, a, a period every month, but mm -hmm. they're experiencing um, menopausal symptoms like the sweats and insomnia and all of that. Is there any need for them to have the marina coil? I just think it's pointless at that stage. And I try and encourage women to, to come off it. I'm, I'm just not a fan. And I, I'm, not, I'm not here now to bash contraceptives. I really want to state that as well. But a lot of the time, like contraceptives were put on this planet to prevent us getting pregnant. But now, unfortunately, I see them being used for, oh, you've heavy periods. OK, we'll put you on the pill. We'll put you on the coil. We'll put you on the bar, the patch the ring, whatever it takes to just stop these heavy periods. And I understand why GPs do that because that's their toolkit. They don't have anything else and I get why they do that. But it just frustrates the bejesus out of me <laughs> because I am correcting that all of the time in the clinic. And it's unfortunate for women because I, I just see it just being like a cover up all of the time. They never try to figure out why is there heavy periods? Why is there chronic pain? Why is there chronic irritability and low moods and depression? It's just like, okay, you have chronic periods and chronic pain, right? We'll put you on the pill. We'll put you on the coil. And it's just like, I see young girls as young as 15, 16, 17 coming in and they're on the pill because they've heavy periods. Like, oh my God, it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Because... One of the things, sorry for interrupting you there, just in case I forget um, to mention it, um, endometriosis as well, you know, is a huge yeah. issue for women. And I had uh -huh. Nicola Heenahan on um, a few months ago and she had endometriosis and it was 
it took so long for it to be diagnosed yeah, by the medical profession and mm-hmm. she went on her own research and she did so much and she found out and she had been suffering for years and years with it and again like that she was told go on the pill or just put in the coil or whatever it is and she was going no I'm not just going to do that as you said it's not just going to be a cover-up she wanted to discover why she was suffering in pain every single month mm-hmm. yeah so with you you work with women you know that are suffering with endometriosis fertility issues you know trying to get pregnant all of those things and with the hormonal balance as well when they are peri or menopausal you know, and all of those symptoms that we go. And the one thing I'm smiling at as well is I never heard of perimenopausal until years. And now it's like, has this just been developed or was it just named or was it always there? I I think it's a new, it's a new kind of syndrome thing that has been, it's, it's definitely a new thing for sure. Like I remember when I started off studying 13 years ago, there was no such thing as perimenopause and now there is. So I don't know, but the most important thing that I want women to get from this and this information is that there is so much that you can do with your hormones. You don't have to resort to the pill, the coil, the patch, any of those things. In fact, sometimes they make your mood worse. They make you feel more depressed and irritable. And there's so much that you can do with herbal medicine. Like it's my favorite area to work work with and fertility as well. Because the body is so responsive when you give it herbs, it just works in such a magical way. And with diet and superfoods and supplementation, everything that the body needs, I believe if you give it what it needs, it will use what it needs and it will heal itself. Like not in two days, but definitely in two months, you would see a massive improvement. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. People want a quick fix. You know, the mm-hmm. same as the quick diets, you know, they want to lose yeah. weight immediately. But yeah. You said it's it's a slow process. It's your body adjusting or swapping the food mm-hmm. that you used to have for something else that your body will work better with and you yeah. feel better for it. And I've always heard that thing, you know, losing weight slowly, you're going to keep it off, losing it mm-hmm. fast. Then when you stop and you have your treats, it's like the weight seems to pile back on for people. And that's why the yo-yo dieting is going on. Yeah, the most important thing that I just want to say for anybody who's listening to this with hormonal issues is that if you're on the pill, the bar, the patch, the coil, any of those contraceptives and you think, yeah, I really do want to come off these, but I'm petrified that the periods are going to come back with a vengeance. I'm going to be covered in acne. I'm going to feel terrible. I won't be able to leave the house because I'll have such heavy periods or whatever the case might be before you went on the that contraceptive because that does um, make women an awful give them an awful fear about coming off these because they just feel oh my god I can't go back to that like I'm just too afraid I might feel like I'm in I have a low mood and I've no energy and I might be a bit irritable but I put up with that over doing x y and z coming off the pill so the most important thing that I want you to get from that is that if you address the body before you come off the pill, if you address the diet and you take certain superfoods or supplements or herbs, and then you come off the pill in a month's time or in two months time, you have less of the um, 
side effects of coming off the pill. So the um, the symptoms that you had beforehand don't come back with a vengeance. Mm. So that's really important for people to know that you don't need to be afraid of coming off it. There's lots that you can do to prepare the body before you withdraw it. Mm, and people important. who do that work beforehand get a much better result. That's very, and I think it's very important to say that as well, Yvonne, because there are women that would have suffered for years and then, of course, they believe the coil or the pill is going to help them and it may have. But again, there is a natural way. What about people that are talking about um, HRT? Oh, HRT, it's such a <laughs> controversial <laughs> topic. Again, I'm just I'm not a fan because it's a fake hormone. There's lots of links with different types of cancers to it. I just I don't condone it at all. I prefer women to do something more natural because I've just seen such great results with natural remedies and herbs and superfoods and diet and everything like that. So I just think there's no need to resort to that extreme when you have those natural remedies available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's kind of HRT is kind. It's such a controversial one. Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. I'm, I definitely don't love it. I'm not saying I hate it, but I wouldn't encourage women onto it either. Very good. So if somebody was coming to you now and so we'll say, we'll say me, all right. Hmm. And for me, I haven't had, and I've said this, you know, to everybody that asked me, um, I haven't had those big menopausal symptoms, you know, like the hot flushes and the night sweats or the definitely no lack of sleep. I sleep like a baby every single night, but I have been taking magnesium for the last two years. Good. And it's something that, and again, I'm very much saying, like you're saying, I know what my body needs and what it doesn't need. And I listen to my body quite a lot. And I remember Mm -hmm. the time when I started taking magnesium I felt like it was helping me in so many ways. It wasn't particularly for the menopause because I didn't have any of those symptoms. But yeah. I felt like I asked my body what it needed and it, I felt like it was magnesium. So I started taking it and my sleep improved dramatically. And I yeah. have those big symptoms that a lot of people had. Now, I am one of those women that has big, huge gaps in between their cycles. So there's months and months and months. And I think, oh, they're gone. And then mm-hmm. it'll come back and it'll come back for half a day. And then it oh, might yeah. come again for months. And then it might be an hour or one month. And then it's gone again. So I'm kind of, some days I go, will you make up your mind? Are you here or not? But I'm not giving out about it. But mm-hmm. I understand what you're talking about because I did also have where I had the really, really heavy cycles. They were just atrocious. That was okay. the hardest time for me because it was constant heavy bleeding and that constant feeling of, oh my God, I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. And it, it, I yeah. part of me that was afraid. But then when I calmed down and I said, okay, this is not going to continue forever. But I didn't have all those big symptoms and I kind of listened to my body Whereas I've known friends, you know, that are around the same age as me and they're struggling and they have the flushes, very hot, bad, hot flushes and out of nowhere, they're not doing anything in particular. And the hot flush comes at the worst time. I think that's a very hard thing for women in particular, Yvonne, as well, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, geez. It's they find it so embarrassing as well, you know, like they're in the middle of the supermarket having a conversation with somebody, and next thing they just go red from the top of their toes to the top of their head. And like they just want to start taking off like layers and they get they're so uncomfortable then that they just want to walk away from the person that they're talking to, and it's totally understandable. Yes. But there is there is so much that you can do like that herb that I mentioned that Agnes Castus, you can get that on my website or but I wouldn't just buy it like make sure you have a conversation yeah. Um, black cohosh is another one red clover any of these sage is really good any of those herbs um, they're really good at helping t- um, to balance that estrogen progesterone uh, imbalance that's happening in the body at that time. Good. And what about vitamins then, in particular for women that are going through those menopausal symptoms or, you know, what vitamins would you say would be the best? Because we have the ones that are on the shelf and we all see them, but some Mm -hmm. of them really are useless. Some of them don't have any... Yeah, some of them don't have any affiliation with the hormones. So it's really important that you know which ones do. The magnesium that we spoke about earlier, that's 100% really, really important. Vitamin D is really important. And I think a lot of people are taking that now because of the links with COVID and it helps the recovery if anybody did get COVID and everything. But vitamin D actually works as a hormone in the body, not as a vitamin. So it's really good during the menopause. It's really good in general for hormone balance balancing because it actually helps estrogen and progesterone to um, balance themselves and then the other vitamin that's really important in hormone balancing is vitamin b complex a complex of b vitamin so um um, like we have zinc and copper and iron and magnesium and potassium and all of these other ones but um and we have vitamin C, of course, as well. But vitamin D would, our vitamin B, B complex would be the big one for me. Um, and you get a B complex in your health food shop. It's literally um, a group of eight vitamins, of B vitamins together. And they really help by addressing the nervous system. So when we get stressed, the unfortunate thing is, is that when we go through a period of stress, so a lot of women will notice at the beginning of the month, if they're really stressed at the end of that month, they'll have a horrendous period because they were so stressed at the beginning of the month. And the reason being is that we actually use progesterone to make our stress hormones, which is unfortunate. So progesterone is what we release on day 15, we'll say of a typical 30 day cycle. So halfway through our period, we ovulate. And then after ovulation, progesterone is supposed to kick in and that's supposed to take over for estrogen. So when it does, progesterone is our cool, calm and collective hormone. It keeps us together. It keeps us really focused. Um, It keeps us really calm and we're able to sleep great when we have enough progesterone and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, if we've had a really stressful two weeks before we ovulate, then by the time we get to ovulation and we're supposed to start releasing progesterone, there may be very little progesterone there because we've used it all up in the first two weeks of the period or of the cycle rather, because we were so stressed and we needed to make adrenaline and cortisol, which are our stress. Well, cortisol is our stress hormone. So 
If we do use up progesterone, then that means our cool, calm and collective hormone is now gone. So by the from ovulation until we get our period, which is we say on day 30, we can start to notice that we're more irritable, more frustrated, brain fog. We're actually more cold as well, even though everybody else might be nice and warm. We're freezing all the time. Um, we are, have a low mood, we have lack of interest in things, and then comes the pain, the migraine, the breast tenderness. You also might have mid-cycle bleeding as well when progesterone levels are low. And um, unfortunately, that is used because we were stressed. So how does this link in with B vitamins? Well, B vitamins are actually help us to cope with stress a little bit better. So they um, feed our nervous system and they're a great tonic for our adrenal gland as well because they help us to um, prevent stress levels from overriding, we'll say the nervous system and really affecting the um, nervous system and your adrenal gland also. So B vitamins help us cope with stress, but they also help like B5 is really important for energy. And then B6 is the one that is really, really important for helping us to um, metabolize estrogen and progesterone and create that balance with the hormones. And then the others are really important to feed the neurons in our brain and they help us to cope with stress. And when we are better able to cope with stress because we have taken the B vitamins or we're watching our level of stress or whatever, then we don't produce as much cortisol. So if we don't produce as much cortisol, then we're not going to use up the progesterone. So the progesterone is going to be left there to make us feel cool, calm and collective at the end of the cycle. So B vitamins are really important and it should be like a B complex, a high strength B complex. You'll get that in any health food shop and combine that separately with magnesium. And that's one of the best places to start. Brilliant. When you say a high strength, what would you advise people to start taking? You'll just get it's a standard high strength B complex. Oh. Um, Viridian is a good brand. Um, Terra Nova. Nature's Plus. Um, there's a lovely product actually called Mega Stress. It's by Nature's Plus. It's difficult enough to get it in some health food shops at the moment because it breaks it. Um, as with everything else, um, it has been hard enough for some of the health food shops to get it, but it's called, the brand is Nature's Plus, and the name of the product is called Mega Stress. And in that, it's got ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen herb. So ashwagandha is another great herb that you could add in there, but you need to make sure that you're not on any medication. And ashwagandha is an adaptogen herb, as I said. So that helps the body to adapt to periods of worry, stress and anxiety. So if you do um, come under stress or under pressure and you take the ashwagandha, it makes sure that the adrenal gland doesn't get frazzled in the stressful period. So it prevents overproduction of the cortisol being released into the bloodstream. So the less cortisol we have, the less stress internally our body will go through. And that's really important that we keep the stress levels down internally in terms of like the cortisol level and things like that. So ashwagandha is another one that you could add in. But you have to be careful with that one because um, it. Uh, it can be, it can play around with the hormones as well. So just make sure that you get advice. Even just asking your health food shop, tell 
um, the people in the health food store, what medication you're on, make sure you mention the contraceptives because they are medication. <laughs> and um, they are trained on all of these products, like really highly trained. So um, just, yeah, mention to them your medication and they'll be able to advise you. But that is a lovely one, the Ashley one. It's really popular now as well. Very good. Um, you're just a mine of information, Yvonne. As I said, there's a hundred million questions that every time you mention something, I have another question. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I would say to people, if you know any of the issues that we've speaked about, you know, that they're affecting them, you know, that they can look up your website, you know, book a consultation or book an online iridology mm -hmm. session, you know, or even to start taking, you know, like I did two years ago, take the magnesium, the vitamin B complex, and your body will tell you, you know, that's exactly. what I believe. your body will tell mm -hmm. you whether it's working for you or not, because you will mm -hmm. start feeling better. And for me, the sleep was a huge thing, you know, because mm. if you don't sleep, your body is not going to be able to heal and repair and be ready for the next day. So that is amazing. Um, what was I going to ask you there? Oh, yes. Recently, you had a client, Sarah, that was featured in RSVP. Mm -hmm. And um, she had a huge we'll say weight loss, but for me, it was like an overall of her whole self. Mm -hmm. She had to find out what was going on. Do you want to tell us about her, Yvonne? Yeah, so um, Sarah, Sarah firstly has volunteered the information, so it's not like I'm uh, breaching yeah. any patient confidentiality. Um, Sarah ha is a mom and um, she came to me initially because she had chronic UTIs, so urinary tract infections. She had been on four antibiotics and uh, she was still in chronic pain. So burning when she went to the toilet and she couldn't even go too far in the car because she would have to wee. And with COVID, there's no toilets open, as everybody knows. So it would be back to the house again. So even if she went to the local playground with her kids, she was literally there 10 minutes and putting them all back in the car again and home because she couldn't hold it. And she'd get home and she would just have to wee the tiniest little bit and it would be chronic pain and it would stay like that then for the day. Her energy was terrible. Her mood was terrible. And she just thought, oh, my God, what am I doing? I can't take another antibiotic, like four antibiotics taken and just thought these are clearly not working. So what am I going to do? So she thought it has to be something that I'm eating. It has to be something that I'm doing every day. So then we did the food intolerance test. We took out the foods that she wasn't able to digest. So we did a food swap, not a diet. And um, then we introduced um, ways of how we were going to cleanse the body. So we did a cleanse of the uh, bloodstream by taking oregano and things like that, increased the gut bacteria to make sure her immune system was strong and completely changed her diet. Now, Sarah loved to cook, which and still does, which is such a bonus because she loved all of the recipes and trying new recipes. And she was so dedicated to making herself better. And I suppose because she had gone through such a long period of feeling unwell and being so fed up of being like a prisoner in her own home because she couldn't go anywhere because she just thought, right, I'm going to have to pee so I can't go there. Um, but and I suppose that did motivate her to work really hard in, on it. And when she did the bonus, like she never we never really talked about weight loss. We had a small conversation about it, but the main focus was to get her 
to stop having the UTIs initially. We knew that we had to address the weight loss, but that was going to happen in the next consultation. The first consultation was all about getting her out of pain and getting her to be able to go places um, without having to have the urgency. And um, in total, she lost 23 kg. Wow. And like it wasn't a weight loss journey. And um, she has said that herself, like her, she didn't come to the clinic saying, I want to lose weight. She just wanted to get better. And she did get better and she's done amazingly well. But she didn't even, she didn't just address like her food. She addressed her whole lifestyle routine. Like I try to coach her in ways that I use myself like for trying to do meditation, trying to get up a little bit earlier before the kids so that the day isn't manic and then she's not getting up and being stressed for the day and just little things like that and small little changes that she made. She just thought, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that before? It makes such a difference that, you know, I even get up, she said, you know, a little bit before the kids, I get time to have a cup of tea. I get things organized for them instead of the whole house getting up at the same time. And it's just chaos. And then she's stressed from the minute she gets out of bed until the minute that she goes to bed. So just managing that time for herself, exercise, meditation, um, and obviously her diet and her swapping out like sugar. Um, but like she still has treats and like she tell you that herself, like she still has her treats. We had to swap the treats that she was having for different ones, but she still has them and still enjoys them. And like she looks amazing and she's doing amazing and the UTIs are gone. Yeah, so it's amazing. And I think for a lot of people, what it is, is sometimes they ignore how they're feeling. And as you said, they will go and they'll get antibiotics and they will just say, well, what can I do about it? When she is living proof that there is something that can be done about it naturally. And that mm-hmm. not only did it cure her UTIs, but her overall self has been transformed, which mm-hmm. leads to a healthier mind and body, but a happier person, which is amazing. Yeah, much, much happier person. Like she's so happy because she has so much freedom now, you know, she appreciates her health so much more. Not that she didn't appreciate it before, but now she's able to do whatever she wants to do because she knows she's not going to have the urgency and the burning. And like she put up with this for nearly nine months to a year. So you can imagine how much she had gone through before she came to me. But as I said earlier, if you give the body what it needs, it will heal itself. Yes, absolutely, Yvonne. And we want to touch back on a subject there as well. You were talking about gut health. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge thing because I think people, again, are only realizing that if their gut is healthy, you know, everything else will work a little bit better. But it's something that people are only kind of starting to hear more about or maybe be more aware of. So can you maybe tell people a little bit about why our gut health is so important? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, if we think about our mood, like 80 to 90 percent of the serotonin that we make in our bodies is made in our bowel. So serotonin, we will have heard of that like through exercise you know when you exercise you release serotonin serotonin is our happy hormone it makes us feel really good obviously but we actually make it in our bowel so it's in our brain as well of course our brain uses it um but 
it, the majority of it is made in the bowel. So when you think about that, you think, oh my God, it's made in the bowel. It's not made in our brain. So it just goes to show how much we need to concentrate on the bowel. So when we think about the digestive system in general, which is a massive 20 foot long tube with a pouch in the middle, which is the stomach and then the esophagus, the digestive system has more neurons than the brain. So that's brain cells that line the whole digestive system are the exact same as what are in our brain. So it just goes to show you that, you know, when people say, I have a gut feeling about this. Mm -hmm. Well, there it's, that is a genuine feeling that we're getting from our gut because our neurons are actually in our gut and they are what help us to have feelings like um, happiness, sadness, fear, all of those feelings, they actually come from our gut, not from our brain. So when we have a healthy gut, we have more gut feelings and we feel better. So if we have too much bad bacteria, that has a huge impact, negative in impact on our mood because then we don't make as much serotonin. And the bad bacteria also have a negative impact on our weight. So we'll say, for example, if you and I eat a Snickers bar, and I have more bad bacteria than you, uh, you have more good bacteria than me. When you eat the Snickers bar, you're going to um, extract less calories from the Snickers bar than me. Because if I have more bad bacteria, I'm actually going to extract more calories from that bar, which is astonishing when you think about it. Yeah. So now they do like a fecal transplant and they've been doing this as um, testing and research and clinical trials where they take the stools, which might sound disgusting for anybody who's listening now, um, but it is amazing research and it, it's the, what it has proved is just astonishing. So they take the stools from a healthy, skinny person who has never gained weight, right? and they take the stools from that person and they transplant them into the bowel of a person who had has an inability to lose weight or who has been um, predisposed to gaining weight all of their life. And the bacteria is what they're concentrating on. So it's the bacteria really that they're transplanting from the skinny person into the person who has weight issues. And the person who had the weight issues will have less problems with weight because they've now got this special type of bacteria in their gut. So it just goes to show again, wow. concentration of that specific bacteria in the gut. Now, what that specific bacteria is, we, we, don't, we don't know exactly. Um, but the most important thing in addressing um, uh, weight through your gut is having a diversity of gut bacteria. So the more diverse the bacteria in the gut, the better chance there is of being able to lose weight and the better, better chance we have of making serotonin. Remember, we make GABA, acetylcholine, dopamine, oxytocin. We make all of those neurotransmitters in our gut as well. And they are what make us feel happy and cool and calm and collective, just like the progesterone. So if we have enough good gut bacteria, then we're going to make more of those neurotransmitters, which are our best friends. So we need to make more of them. So things like probiotics are beneficial 
but they are like taking a supplement. Once you stop, they stop. Mm. So you need to repopulate the gut with like plants, like vegetables, because we get loads of different types of bacteria from um, vegetables. So eating a variety of different plants, different vegetables during the week is the best way to try and increase the diversity of your gut bacteria. Mm. So, you know, even just like having... Uh, broccoli, carrots and parsnip on one day and then beetroot, cabbage and Brussels sprouts another day and then beans and lentils and chickpeas another day. So you're just having like a variety all of the time and you don't have to do this all in one week but that you might say to yourself okay next week I'm going to try three new vegetables that I don't usually buy. So we, we all tend to do the same thing. We go in, we know exactly where the stuff is in the supermarket that we want, and we can fly around in half an hour out the door and we've the same shopping brought home again. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe try, you know, try turnips or try cabbage or try celery or try cucumber or try beetroot. An awful lot of people shy away from beetroot thinking, oh God, I hate it. They love it in the jar because it's full of sugar. And then when they eat it like raw or they eat it um, uh, boiled or baked or whatever, they think, oh God, no, I hate beetroot. But if you roast it and put um, a little bit of olive oil and some herbs, rosemary or thyme or whatever in with it. It's really, really nice. So just even trying to do that, introduce some new vegetables into the diet every week, not all at once, everything in moderation. And that's what I try to coach my patients to just do things nice and slowly so that you don't get overwhelmed thinking, oh, my God, I have so much to change. I mean, my diet's never going to be perfect. I have so much to do with the kids and work and everything that how can I do my diet as well? But if you do, if you make one small little change per week, and that might be just adding in an extra new vegetable, that's not going to, it's not going to be extra stress. It's not going to break the bank. It's not going to take up loads of time. You're just going to prepare this new vegetable. You're going to eat it. And that's another new vegetable you have in your diet. Now, the following week, you might concentrate on drinking more water, for example, and that's going to benefit the gut as well. So the more diversity of fruits and vegetables that we have, the more potential we have to give the gut more good bacteria. You can also introduce things like kimchi, kombucha, sauerkraut, um, kefir. I make water kefir myself. You'll see videos on that on my pages. And um, Lidl actually sell kombucha now, which is a lovely little treat to get. It's, it's really refreshing as well. And even just adding things like that into your diet will give you more good gut bacteria very good and yes i saw the video for your kefir and it's very simple to make and i know in particular my mother was taking that as well for the last year and a half as well every morning Lovely. yeah mm -hmm. and she really really believed it helped her so you know and that was what was going to be my last question is there something that okay. you could advise about one thing we could change because i know i know myself when you say to people you have to change your lifestyle, whether that be your what you're eating, your exercise, your sleep routine, all of those things, people kind of just feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, well, it's not just do one little thing each day, just something different or add something in. It's not necessarily take something away, but add something in or as you said, swap something. So I love the fact that you said it doesn't have to be hugely expensive. It can be just adding a different vegetable or a different fruit 
you know, in that week. And so when you go, instead of having just your list, put a big star beside your vegetables to remind you not to just, because people do it mindlessly and they just mm-hmm. throwing in, just have a big star on your list and go a new vegetable and mm-hmm. introduce the kids and get the kids, if you have them to pick something out that they'd like to try and you're all going to try it together. How exactly. about bringing in, because I know a lot of people, they're funny about, and you know, I have a friend and she's very, faddy about foods you know and new things what about making it into a soup is that still the same if people have a soup with all of these new vegetables Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely now in its raw state is its pure state of course because it hasn't been cooked and you haven't denatured any of the vitamins or the minerals but yeah if you if that's the only way that you think that you can get it into your diet then blend it up in a soup or if you're making a pasta sauce that you might blend in the carrots if you think okay I, I don't like if the texture is an awful lot uh, of an issue that I find with um, children and adults alike, you know, they won't eat a yogurt, for example, because they hate the texture of it or they won't eat a banana or whatever. So just make do with whatever is going to be suitable for you. It's just because, you know, somebody else can eat it raw. doesn't mean that if you eat it in a soup that you're, you know, it's not going to benefit you. Of course it is. So it's whatever works for you. And it like, it can't be forced. That's what I'm trying to teach people that, you know, if you think, oh my God, I have to eat a pepper today. Oh my God, I absolutely (laughs) hate them. You know, and they think, how am I going to get this into me? I just think stop don't do it just don't eat the pepper eat eat a piece of cucumber or eat an apple instead you know because the association that you're making is stress on the body every time you see the pepper you think that you have to eat it eat the food that you really love and enjoy and you'll get way more out of that food than you will the bits that you absolutely hate because then you're just causing stress on the body you know and I and that's the one thing is if you are changing anything about your eating habits or your exercise habits is to start off small and build mm-hmm. it up, you know, and we would say the same about anything. This is not a punishment, you know, it's exactly. like your client, Sarah, she had already been trapped and been a prisoner really in her own life for nine months to a year with the UTIs and being affected by it. And now it's like she has that freedom now. Mm-hmm. And it was, she just wanted to cure the UTIs, but it, it transformed her weight issues as well that she was going to address. So it's amazing. And I think mm-hmm. it's the start off. But I think for a lot of people, Yvonne, it's sometimes addressing it, isn't it? It's saying they know they have an issue going on or they have a problem. And it's to ask for support or to ask mm-hmm. for advice. Some people are embarrassed about, you know, going and saying, I've put on an extra three stone yeah. in the last mm-hmm. few years, or I'm having issues with menopausal symptoms. But, you know, there's people that are a little bit embarrassed, but that you said yourself there, this is something that so many people are dealing with and talking about. And there's so much support and you're very open. And I know an awful lot of people that work with you know, people that are struggling are very open now. There's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about. Oh, not at all. Absolutely not. Like the conversations I have just some days, <laughs> if people were listening, they would think, oh God, how does she have that conversation every day? But to me, it's like, it's water off a duck's back. 
you know, I, I, the more information I get and the more gory the detail it is, the better for me because it gives me more information about what's happening in the body, whether that be the type of blood that is released from the body when a woman has a period or whether it is the type of stool that's released from the body when someone has a bowel motion. Some people think that that's gruesome and, oh God, I can't have a conversation about that. But it gives you so much information and it's important information. Yeah, so there's absolutely no need to be embarrassed or ashamed or anything like that it's really there's anybody that works in my field will have to have those conversations so we're very used to talking about that absolutely Yvonne thank you so much as I said I could keep asking you questions now but I just want to say thank you so much and again if anybody has any queries look up Yvonne's website www dot the health and nutrition coach.com and there is videos there that is showing a little bit about iridology telling mm -hmm. you a little bit more there's a consultation link where you can book an appointment you can do the online um, consultation for the iridology for the food intolerance testing as well you're also a reflexologist you know so i said there's so much that yvonne can help you with but first it's getting to the root of the issue so if you're wondering and you've been feeling just out of sorts for the last while you're not sure why maybe a consultation with yvonne will help you get to the root of the issue and it may be just as simple as swapping those foods that don't agree with you, maybe if it is to do with your menopause um, symptoms, hormonal imbalances, fertility, you know, any of those issues, that maybe there is something simple that can be helped with a herbal remedy. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it is a very simple solution that we mm -hmm. can introduce. And I think Yvonne will be able to, you know, help you with any fears or doubts you have. So please don't just sit in silence and let yourself suffer because there's no need anymore. I think there's so much out there now and so much awareness. And again, with Yvonne, I think she has shared so much with us today. It's just brilliant. I think there's so much people are going to get from it, Yvonne. Great. So I really want to say thank you so much. Oh, you're so time. welcome. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's lovely. And it's lovely to hear you so enthusiastic about everything, even about bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite topic <laughs> yes, but you know what it's so true as you said we can learn so much from what's coming out of our body don't mind exactly you know, isn't it true mm -hmm. yeah yeah so and i know again people will say they only notice when they're constipated yeah you know? but maybe it's now watching their movements how many times they're going in the day you know all of those different things are exactly signs your body is working well or working not so well what mm -hmm. a lovely thing to finish on Yvonne. <laughs> So please do check out Yvonne Duffy O'Shaughnessy on www.thehealthandnutritioncoach.com. You'll also find her on Instagram and Facebook. And if there's anything that you have any queries about, please do contact Yvonne directly and she'll be able to help you. And if you need to look further, then you can book an online consultation or in-person consultation with Yvonne or her team. So thank you everyone for listening again. And hopefully... I have just got so much like my mind is saying, oh, my God, yeah. And I know somebody that could do this and could do that and this. I think it's just so much information that it's going to help people kind of take away the fears, Yvonne, you know, of anything mm -hmm. that's going on for them and that we can all make a change and it doesn't have to be a huge change. It can be a small, simple step each and every day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Yvonne. So thank you again, You're very everybody. Welcome. And I will look forward to chatting to you all again soon. For now, stay well. Take care.